Hello, and welcome to the Personal Injury Law Podcast. My name is Jonathan Rosenfeld, an attorney at Rosenfeld Injury Lawyers, LLC. This podcast is here to break down the barriers when it comes to the world of personal injury law. Each podcast will go into detail about a specific legal issue or type of personal injury case, from everyday occurrences to the esoteric. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. For more information, visit my website at rosenfeldinjurylawyers.com. I am Jonathan Rosenfeld, and today I am joined by Jim Hardy. Jim is an experienced work comp attorney at uh, Taxman Pollock, Murray and Beckerman in Chicago. And we are gonna talk today about the preliminary areas of workers' compensation. Uh, Jim, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Um, Thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate you joining me. And could you just give us a little bit of background about your, uh, your position and, and your experience with work comp? Sure. Uh, I'm a partner at Tax and Pollock Murray Beckerman, and uh, we're a personal injury workers' comp law firm. I am uh, the head of the department that handles the work comp claims in the office. I've been doing work comp uh, my entire career, and exclusively, that's all I do is work comp cases. Uh, I've been involved uh, in the Illinois Work Comp Lawyers Association for about 12 years now. That's the State Bar Association for Work Comp Lawyers, 700 members strong. And I was a recent uh, president two years ago of the organization after being on the board for about 10, 12 years prior to that. So a lot of experience in work comp and um, happy to uh, share my information and knowledge. Awesome. So to begin with, I I think sort of one of the the preliminary questions that a lot of people have, uh, and this is sort of, uh, a, a massive question, but if you could just sort of give us a, a little breakdown of what workers' compensation is and sort of how the, the system came to be, that would be great. Sure. So the, uh, the work comp system is something that started up back in, in the industrial age, back in the 1920s. And each state has their own law with regard to work comp. It's not a federal system. So each state has an act. And in Illinois, they have the Illinois Work Comp Act that lays out the rights and the benefits that injured workers have in the state of Illinois. And so basically, it it takes over if you're injured while performing your work duties. It takes over from your regular insurance that you might have, right, the group health carrier. It takes over from them and pays the medical bills. And that's the primary benefit. They pay all reasonable, necessary, and related medical bills. And the second benefit in the Illinois Work Comp Act is payment for lost earnings. So in other words, if you, due to the injury, if you have a doctor's note that takes you off work, then the work comp insurance pays you, and they pay you a certain percentage of your old wages, and then you get that tax-free. It comes out to about what you may take home after taxes prior to the work accident. And... And the third benefit, and the most important one, is that you're entitled to, and you have a right to, a settlement in work comp. And that's based on the nature and extent of the injury, the permanency of the injury. And those are the three basic benefits, but they're all very important. And uh, it's very common 
that uh, if you have a work comp case that you can start with an adjuster and the adjuster will give you benefits, but you don't know if she's giving you or he's giving you the correct amount in the benefits, doing the calculations correctly, paying the bills correctly, paying for all the treatment that's being recommended. So that's why uh, in addition to securing a settlement, that's why it's important to have uh, an attorney on your side helping you through the process. So I, I guess to begin with, um, I guess who is covered under workers' compensation? Is, is everyone covered under workers' compensation under the law? Almost everybody in the state of Illinois. There are certain exceptions to that, uh, and they're rare. Uh, in the statute, city of Chicago, policemen, and firemen are excluded from the Illinois Work Compact because they have their own disability system, duty disability system. Other than that, there are exceptions for um, independent contractors. If you're, you know, this is quite similar uh, to what happens in the trucking industry where you're an owner operator, you're an independent contractor and you get paid on a 1099, right? So you're really your own employee. You have your own company, even though you're working for a trucking company and they're paying you. So uh, in that situation, the independent contractor wouldn't be covered under the trucking company's work comp insurance coverage, but frequently the independent contractor will have their own policy that they take out for themselves and they'd be covered under that. And then other than that, um, pretty much everybody is covered except for some exceptions for family farm workers and so forth. But it's pretty wide ranging. If you're uh, performing work for an employer and you're getting paid for it, even if it's cash, they are supposed to have work comp insurance that covers you under state law. So it's pretty wide ranging. If you're working in Illinois, getting paid for your work, then you're likely covered. So this covers part-time employees, this cover, would cover uh, someone who's got a, a summer job or something as well? Sure, yeah, part-time employees, uh, you're covered, doesn't matter. First day on the job, you know, covered, doesn't matter. That's fine. You don't have to be there a certain length of time. Um, you could uh, even, you know, uh, a, a situation where you're doing uh, temporary work, you know, you're only going to work for somebody for a seasonal, you know, the, for the summer or something like that. You're still covered because you're an employee and you're on the books there as an employee and they under state law, that employer has to cover you for the work comp insurance. Um, so that's how it works and it's a fairly good system. And under the law in Illinois, employers are required uh, to carry workers' comp insurance. Is that correct? That's correct. If they don't, then the, the, the Illinois uh, Department uh, of Insurance can find that employer. And they do enforce that pretty heavily. And there are fines for you know, the number of days that you're going without insurance, if it lapses, you can get hit for the, you know, the employer can get hit with penalties and fines for that. Or if it's an employer that simply does not refuses to carry work comp, the state of Illinois it can come in and shut that business down until such time that they do purchase and buy a work comp insurance policy. They're, it's, they're pretty strict. So it's rare to find a situation where the person is not covered when they're supposed to be. Okay. So in, you know, in Illinois, everyone's required to have work comp insurance. Um, and I guess, obviously, you know, 
when we talk about workers' comp, we're typically talking about, uh, for the most part, we're talking about an acute injury, an accident for the most part. Um, and this would could be a fall. This could be, uh, you know, an auto accident. This could be un really anything that an employee is doing in furtherance of their, their employment, correct? Um, that, that's, that's correct. How, yes. that, that's the basically the encompassing definition of uh, work comp coverage in Illinois. That that's correct, and the that was the idea behind the law is to, yeah, you know, help injured workers who are performing their duties and they're they're injured, and so that they're not just in the old days before they had work comp. Of course, they were just left hanging, you know, and there was no insurance, you know, of course. So you'd have, you know, the back in the old days, if somebody would get hurt, they just keep working or they would, you know, if they had any money to go to a doctor, they'd try and go to a doctor, but there was no safety net. So then the states came in with these laws and it's precisely that uh, to help people who are injured at work. And there are, it's, um, there are certain uh, uh, rules about what's covered. Some things it's important to get an attorney to check because some things that you think might not be covered under work comp or some activities at which you were injured might not be covered, but they are. For instance, uh, the classic parking lot cases. If, you're, if you punch out and you, you're walking to your car in the company parking lot where you've you know, been designated to park at, right, and you slip and fall on ice on the way out there, right? Or trip and fall on some landscaping or something like this. Uh, that's covered under work comp because you're still um, covered. You're still in the furtherance of, of the employer and performing work duties because you have to park your car in order to help your employer by going into their facility to work. So the work comp law says that you're covered as long as you're you know, parking in an employee owned and maintained and designated parking lot under work comp. But that's interesting. Some people would think, oh, I punched out already. I'm not covered. But that's why it's important to, to contact an attorney to see if there's any angle there. And uh, sometimes people are covered even when they think they're not. Um, one of the other areas I know in work comp that sometimes people may not be aware of is, is chronic injuries or overuse injuries. Right. You know, if you're, if you're, you know, lifting a sledgehammer, uh, you know, breaking concrete for, for years on end and you develop some tendonitis or you develop some, uh, you know, chronic condition, um, that's something that's covered under work comp as well, correct? Yes, that's true. It, it doesn't have to be a specific event. It can be a, a, a continual or cumulative injury or what they call repetitive trauma injury. The classic example of that, of course, is the carpal tunnel. Um, or if you're an electrician and you're pulling wire all day through, you know, conduit, you're gripping and pulling. That's a classic, and they develop, you know, commonly develop carpal tunnel syndrome. That's uh, that's covered, even though there's not one specific event where they injure that wrist. Right? It's repetitive. That's still covered under work comp. Um, it, as long as the other requirements are met with regard to notice, you, as soon as the symptoms start, you have to give notice to the employer. And actually there's a deadline for that notice to the employer of 45 days. It's a little bit different with a repetitive trauma because, you know, it's that 45 days from the day that you stop doing the repetitive work, in this case, the electrician pulling the wire, right? But, um, but yeah, those, those repetitive trauma cases can be uh, compensable 
they're not excluded. And a lot of it depends on uh, the doctor who's treating the injured worker to give a, you know, a causal connection opinion and say, yes, medically, I believe what this person was doing for that length of time could cause this ailment of carpal tunnel or cubital tunnel or whatever repetitive trauma ailment they have. But those, yeah, those are covered, yes. Now, one of the you know, areas that I know your firm does quite a bit of work with, um, you, know, you guys handle a lot of construction accident cases, um, you know, work-related injuries where someone's injured on a, on a busy construction site, you know, in, in, in anywhere in Illinois or across the Midwest. Um, in those situations, when you have someone, you know, let's just talk a little bit hypothetically about, you know, an active construction site, you know, someone, you know, is, uh, you may be a carpenter or something, and you may get hit uh, by falling debris. Um, may fall from the roof from a, a different contractor or, you know, a board may fall fr uh, from a building. Um, in a situation like that, obviously the, the employee would be covered under work comp. Um, however, um, they also may have a, a separate case, um, sometimes referred to as a third party case. Um, you know, obviously you handle the work comp case. There's other attorneys in your office who handle the third party case. But a lot of times, you know, in my experience, I've seen employees sort of, uh, you know, sort of completely at, at a loss for the fact that they may have two separate cases. Right. Can we talk a little bit about, you know, work comp in relation to a, a third party case? Sure. So in... In any work comp case uh, that we bring into the office, we always um, analyze it to see if there's any potential third-party case, what you were discussing. And that's a, a negligence case, a civil lawsuit that, would, that could be filed against a third party, meaning somebody other than uh, the employer, right? So, but a third party would have to be uh, negligently responsible for causing the accident and therefore the injury. So the construction site's a perfect example of that. So you have a, you know, a ABC carpentry, they're, they're hired by um, XYZ general contractor to come in and do a couple weeks of work on that project, right? And the, the carpenter, like you say, gets hit by, by a board that fell uh, from up above that was from an that was dropped by an employee of XYZ general contractor, right? That's not an, a coworker there. So he, that carpenter then who was injured would have a work comp case that I would handle. And then we do the immediate work of getting the benefits started, the off work, like we talked about the medical bills paid and authorized, like we talked about. And then in the meantime, uh, our firm would also start up a, a third party case against that general contractor and the employer uh, of the employee who dropped the board on the carpenter, right? So you have two parallel concurrent claims going in the same law firm, one workers comp that's filed at the work comp commission, and then one uh, personal injury or negligent claim, a formal old fashioned lawsuit that's filed in circuit court. So you'd have the same law firm Two different lawyers handling that same accident date, right? And it's important to to have uh, a work comp attorney start the case up because then 
they will automatically, uh, you know, have a look at the facts to see if there's any potential third party. Sometimes we find potential third party cases where the injured worker would never think that anyone else would have been negligently responsible for, for the accident other than himself or the employer, right? So it's important to have us look at it to see if there is that angle, if there's any potential lawsuit against the third party, because that can increase the, the settlement value, right? Um, and that's it. there's a short-term aspect of it, which is the work comp. You get the weekly benefit check going, you get the medical bills authorized and the treatment authorized and the bills paid. And then uh, long-term, then we work on the third party case to see what we can do about uh, establishing a case against the negligent third party. And then we can settle both cases and you get two settlements from each, you know, from the two cases. Um, and it's, uh, it's more beneficial to the injured worker. But without having a good law firm that handles both types of claims, work comp and third party, uh, like our firm does, you really put yourself at a disadvantage of uh, you know, missing uh, some potential settlement uh, recovery there. So it's uh, you know, very important to look at. And it's not just a construction scenario. You can see these, um, you know, the other classic example is you're driving for work, right? Uh, you know, UPS driver, he's hit rear-ended by a semi-truck. He has a work comp case with the insurance for UPS and then a separate personal injury case against the truck driver and, and the truck trucking company that hit him. So, but these are, yeah, these are all very good examples. And those, and those third-party cases, you can recover benefits. You know, we, you talked about it a little bit, but you can recover benefits that are not necessarily covered under the Work Comp Act in Illinois. That's correct. For example, also. you can recover pain and suffering. Um, you can re recover, um, you know, economic and non-economic damages that are not necessarily um, covered under the Work Comp Act in Illinois. So all the more reason to have, you know, an attorney really do a very thorough investigation to really make sure that all parties are held fully accountable for, you know, uh, both the work comp perspective as well as a third party case, correct? Absolutely. And then you're, yeah, you're covered uh, whatever the, the rights are under the state law and the federal law and, and the circuit court laws you're covered for all the benefits that you're entitled to and we maximize the value for you. Now, I, I wanna transition a little bit and talk about what an employee should do if they're hurt on the job. Um, you know, every sure. single day, you know, millions of people go to work uh, and statistically, you know, there's a fair amount of people who get hurt at work every day. And, you know, when you're doing training for work, uh, they may teach you how to punch in and punch out. And they may teach you about company protocol and everything else, but they don't tell you necessarily what you should be doing if you're hurt. And so a lot of people, you know, an accident may happen. Um, they may come home. They may, you know, ah, my arm hurts, my shoulder hurts. And they're sort of at a loss of what they should be doing. Um, and I guess to begin with, um, if, if you are an employee and you're hurt at work, what would you suggest that that person do? Right. That, that's, that's a very good question. And it's very important too, because what the injured worker does initially after the accident 
is very important because that can impact the entire case months and years down the line. So if you're injured at work, it's absolutely essential that you give notice to a supervisor of the incident and the injury, you know, what happened, what body part you injured as soon as possible, right? Uh, I always tell people that they should give notice immediately or if not, before they punch out for the day. Because once you go home, you hurt yourself, you know, during a shift, once you punch out and go home, then it becomes problematic because then the employer and the insurance company can say, after you tell them the next day or the next week that you got hurt back on last Tuesday, they can say, well, you didn't tell us when, you know, the day you got hurt, how do we know you didn't get hurt at home, you know, or the, over the weekend or that night when you got home. Uh, so it opens up um, uh, potential for the insurance company to deny the claim. Uh, but there's a, uh, it's essential to give notice as soon as possible. There is a 45 day notice requirement, no matter how, uh, viable the work comp claim might have been if you don't give notice to a supervisor until after 45 days then the claim is barred under the state law okay so but the longer you wait to give notice the the more ammunition the insurance company would have for the work comp carrier to deny and dispute the the case and the accident and how it happened and so forth so i always tell people give notice as soon as you can immediately, if not before you punch out that day. And preferably have uh, do it in, in writing uh, or have a witness there. If you go up to the supervisor, make sure you bring uh, somebody with you who can witness the, the notice being given verbally to the supervisor. Then the supervisor can't say, well, I don't remember anything about that day or anyone telling me anything about a work injury, right? So that's very important. Um, and also, if you're injured, get treatment right away. I, uh, don't, don't put it off. Go to your family doctor. Go to uh, you know, a, a, an immediate care if need be. Go to the emergency room if need be. But the earlier you get treatment and get the, the, the accident documented in medical records, the, the better off the case will be. And uh, I know a lot of people, they, they want to see if it gets better and you know, put it off and all that and but that's fine. If it does get better, that's great. But you should still see a, a, a medical professional as soon as possible if you think something's wrong. If people know their own body, if you think something's not right and you hurt yourself, get it checked out. If the next week you feel 100% and fine, that's great. But at least it's documented if need be. Um, so notice as soon as possible, preferably the same day. And then medical treatment as soon as possible as well. Those are the two keys of what an injured worker should do to preserve their rights under the work comp law. Now, in some situations, after an accident happens, you know, um, someone may get medical treatment um, and they may be start getting some benefits from their employer. If, if a doctor takes them off work, you know, they may start getting some um, temporary total disability uh, checks if they're off work and everything um, from their employer. But that does not necessarily mean that a work comp case has been filed. Um, correct. I mean, in other words, um, you know, giving your employer notice does not necessarily, it's not the same as filing a work comp case, correct? Right. That's, that's correct. Uh, the employer 
once they have notice of the injury. They are supposed to report it to their work comp carrier, but that doesn't always happen. Sometimes the employers, they want to, they drag their feet uh, and see if uh, you know, the person gets better right away or if the person just puts it through their regular insurance and, and so they don't have to deal with it and claim it as a work comp case. Uh, but the only way to formally have a filing at the work comp commission, which is the court for work comp cases in Illinois, is to have an attorney file uh, what they call an application, application of claim at the work comp commission. Prior to that, you don't have a formal claim. And in order to get a settlement, you have to have a claim on file at the Illinois Work Comp Commission, uh, or you, you don't get a settlement at the end of the case. And that's why it's important to, you know, after you give notice and after you get medical treatment as soon as possible, then uh, you, know, you contact uh, uh, Jonathan Rosenfeld, the Roosevelt Injury Lawyers, to start up uh, the process of, uh, you know, of getting legal representation. You know, and I, I think, you know, just so everyone listening is, is 100% clear, the way uh, attorneys handle work comp cases in the state of Illinois is on a contingency fee basis. Um, you know, the, the state regulates what attorneys can charge, um, you know, people. It's not a, you know, hey, I like you, um, you know, you're, you get a discount, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of yours, you know, you're paying more. It's a straight uh, fee schedule for work comp cases. Um, and so, you know, it, you as an attorney only get a fee when you're successful in, in getting benefits uh, for, uh, for that injured worker, correct? That's correct. Uh, yes, it's, uh, so there's no hourly rates or there's no upfront, uh, you know, fee that you have to cut a check to the attorney for at the beginning of the case. It's strictly a contingency fee. And in Illinois, the state law caps that fee for attorney fees and work comp at 20%. So that's 20% of the settlement that we could secure at the end of the case when you're done treating. And that's the settlement for the, the nature and extent of the injury or the permanency of the injury. Uh, and that 20% is taken right out of the settlement uh, from the insurance company. So yeah, you, do, you don't have to worry about uh, paying anything up front or watching, you know, we don't bill by the hour. You don't have to watch that. We maximize the value of the work comp case and the fees are 20% of that. If there is no settlement, then you walk away, you wouldn't pay us anything. So that's how it works, strictly contingency fee basis. Um, and these settlements and the attorney's fees, uh, they're approved um, by an arbitrator who's essentially the judge assigned to the case. So they're, you know, it's just one more safeguard in place to make sure that everything is done properly, correct? Right, that's, that's true. Yeah, any settlement that we secure has to be approved by the work comp arbitrator assigned to the file at the work comp commission they stamp it as approved and if with the settlement it's interesting to note that if you don't have an attorney the insurance adjuster on the file for the work comp carrier may pay the medical benefits they may pay the off work you don't know if they're paying the correct you know amount or anything but then they they commonly if you don't have an attorney they won't offer you a settlement they won't 
it, you know, advise you of your right that you're entitled to a settlement. They have no obligation to do that. And frankly, it's their job not to because uh, the insurance company's job is to keep money in their pocket. And the more they pay out on the claim to the injured worker and the less money they have. So uh, the goal is, is for the insurance company is to keep the money and not give it to the injured worker. So uh, that commonly what happens is that they won't get a settlement. If the injured worker doesn't have an attorney, they might get an offer. It's rare, but that offer is going to be pennies on the dollar if you don't have an attorney, right? Because the adjuster would just float you a, a, you know, a low settlement. People don't know what the true value might be, and they might just believe the adjuster when she says, this is what you get. You know, take it, sign or leave it, sign the endless line and take the check. But you're leaving a lot of money on the table without an attorney. So that is great information. Um, we are going to talk about settlements and work comp cases uh, in, a, in a new podcast. But um, this was great information. Um, I think anyone who is injured on the job, you know, certainly would do themselves or their family a service and, and contacting you and, and just talking about their case. Um, again, you know, you obviously, you know, work on a contingency. So if someone calls or, you know, ask you a question, there's no, there's no cost or anything to do that. Um, but this was great information. I thank you for joining me today. I, I appreciate it. My, my pleasure, Jonathan. And uh, all right. Thank you for the opportunity. Glad to help. Thank you for listening to the personal injury law podcast. I'm Jonathan Rosenfeld. If you or anyone you know would like more information on any of the topics on the podcast, please visit my website at rosenfeldinjurylawyers.com. If you like the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Please feel free to rate the show and leave a review. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.